All right, the next one is what's called the specific anointing. So go with me to Romans, and I'm going to unpack a verse that has not helped a lot of people. In Romans, let me find that again, Holy Spirit. I need some help. Help me find the verse where it says you've been given a measure of faith. Because I'm not seeing it. I thought it was in Romans chapter 3. Nope, that's it. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Romans chapter 12. It's 12.3. I knew there was a 3 in there somewhere. I could see it. I just couldn't remember fully. Romans chapter 12. Now. The next anointing, and remember, don't be confused by the churchy word called anointing. Anointing just means an ability to do something. That's all anointing means. The ability to do something. is called the specific anointing. Romans 12, verse 3. For I say, through the grace given unto me. Now, this is Paul talking. Now, what's the next two words saying? Everyone. So what's the next two words saying? Everyone. How many people's in everyone? Does that include you? Yes. So to everyone who is among you, meaning everyone who believes. How many believers are in here? Amen. How many of you believe in Jesus? Yes. You believe in his death? Yes. You believe in his resurrection? Yes. Come on now. Yes. You believe that he lives in you? Yes. All right, then you're in everyone. Mm-hmm. So to everyone who is among you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. But think soberly as God has dealt to how many? Each one a measure of faith. For as, as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So now how many have ever heard you've received a measure of faith? Yes. Have you ever heard you've received a measure of faith to believe in the work of Jesus? here to tell you you heard a wrong doctrine so let's let me back up before i kill your sacred cow all right here's here's the thing somebody tell me somebody tell me biblically how does faith come by hearing by hearing what the word of god what's the word of god no 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 but see we throw this out and it's real quick Right? Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. Go to Romans chapter is that 14 or 15, where that is. That one where we just said, Romans 15, 17. No, that's 14, 17, 15. Where it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing. It's here in Romans somewhere. Help me find it. Might be. Thank you very much. Romans 10. Back up. Go to the left. Yeah, that's it. Romans 10, 17. So then it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Right? But let's back up to verse 14. Remember, read things in context. It'll help you a ton. Verse 14. So it says, so how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And the answer to that question is, they can't. Right? And so nobody can call on the Lord if they haven't believed in him. How will they believe on him if they have not heard? And the answer is, they can't, right? How shall they hear without a preacher? The answer is, 
I'm, I'm not tricking you, right? This is real easy, right? How shall they preach unless they are sent? So the context of the passage in discussion is what? It's salvation. Right? It's about believing salvation. So we'll go on. It says, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those that preach the gospel of peace and who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For as Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Now, what does verse 17 say? Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. So the faith for salvation comes how? By hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. So faith to believe that I've been freed from my sin, how does that come? By hearing the gospel that Jesus died on the cross and took away my sins. Faith to believe that I am born again and I have his life living in me comes how? Come on now, hearing. By hearing. Faith for healing. Because healing is in the gospel covenant. Faith for healing comes by how? By hearing. Right? So then faith for prosperity. Because prosperity is in the redemptive work of Christ. Faith for prosperity comes by hearing. So notice that in this passage, the same writer, Paul, another key trick to interpreting the Bible, look at who wrote the same books. This is in the same book by the same author, Paul doesn't mention a measure of faith here. Oh, I lost some of you right there. Because I know this is going to help you, but you're going to have to let go of something you've heard your whole life. Because we've all heard you've been given a measure of faith. I mean, right? You've been given a measure. And you have about something you didn't know it was for. I gotta get you hungry first, because right now you're looking confused, right? <laughs> I gotta get you from confused to hungry. So you grow in the gospel faith by hearing the gospel preached. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. So if I want more faith for healing, I hear more about healing. If I want more faith to understand I'm righteous, I hear more about the fact that I've been forgiven. Does this all make sense to you? Yes. Because faith comes by hearing. hearing. So what is Paul talking about when he says to each one has been given a measure of faith? Tell me what he's talking about in context there in chapter 12. Just read those verses around it. He's talking about giftings. Ministry giftings. Let's look at it again with that in light, right? For I say through the grace given unto me. What grace did Paul receive in context? This is not the grace of salvation. That's right, to be the apostle to the Gentiles. So Paul says, now I'm going to talk to you from my gift, the gift of apostle to the Gentiles, to the grace that was given to me. I'm now going to speak to everyone who is among you that you don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Is he talking about arrogance there? Is he talking about pridefulness? No, he's talking about don't think of yourself beyond your gift. Don't think of yourself beyond your gift. That's thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to think. But everyone needs to think soberly as God has dealt to each one the measure of faith. Okay. Yes? Is, that, is it the same way? Like, it talks about grace and faith and the gift. Like, do you have to have a measure of faith and believe in the grace of the gift that God has given? exactly you? right. Because I have no verse, sweetie, in the Bible that says, Brad Holland, you will be a pastor of the church of Jesus Christ. There's no verse that points to me and says, Brad, I have gifted you to lead people in this way. 
Now I can see general stuff that is there. But when I enter in my relationship with God, I can't. Because again, how does faith come? My name ain't in here. (laughs) I can't hear my name in here and get faith through hearing. So God in his love looked at Wendy and said, Wendy, every one of you, you've been given a grace. You've been given a gift of ministry into the body of Christ. But I'm also going to give you the measure of faith to operate the gift I gave you. Because you can't read in the Bible and grow your faith by hearing for that. Does, does that make sense? Yes. So all, so all things on salvation, good things, everything is by grace through faith. Everything's by grace through faith. Yeah, it is, but I'm just saying, like, even in the way you look at it, like, you have to have faith to operate in your grace, and you have to have faith to receive salvation. Absolutely. The only difference is, is again, and I would not disagree, absolutely, the only difference is, is I can preach to you about Jesus, and the faith for salvation will arise because you heard the word preached. But I can't preach to you about why I'm a pastor. I can show you scriptures that show you that pastoring is there, that pastoring applies. But as I follow God, again, I can't talk about you, I can only talk about me. right? But as I follow God and come to understand what he has anointed me in my specific anointing to do, that's come through my relationship and my walk with God. Right, that's right, that's right. So I can't go to a scripture and go, I can bam, even though, please hear me, and we'll talk about this another day, I think I can find myself in Scripture. I think you can find yourself in Scripture. Right? But when it comes to operating the gift of God, how cool is God to give you the faith to operate the gift as well? That's good. Yeah. That's so good. Does that make sense? Yes. So he says there, says, so to each one of you was given the measure of faith, not for salvation, but for the gifting that I've called you to do, because that's the context of the verse. Every one of you has been given, because he goes on, for we are all members of one body, and we do not all have the same function. So here he's not talking about salvation, is he? Right? So then we being many are one body in Christ, and individually we're members of one another, having then gifts differing according to the grace given to us. Each one of us, right? In proportion to your faith. Right? So then if it's prophecy, you'll prophesy. If it's ministry, you'll minister. If you teach, you'll teach. If you exhort, you'll exhort. Right? To him who gives, there's liberality. And he goes on and he, and he lists giftings. Do you see this? Mm-hmm. Guys, this is important to understand. How many of you have received a ministry gift? Each one of you has received a ministry gift if you're born again because he gave you a gift. How many? He said to everyone who is among us. Every one of you has a ministry gift. Now, again, we don't have time to teach on this right now, but we probably need to teach on it soon. You'll see a list here in Romans chapter 12. You'll see another list at the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and you'll see another list in Ephesians chapter 4. I encourage you to go back and look at those lists and put them together into one. You show up at least once in the list. Sometimes you'll have a couple of them. Right? Mm-hmm. Does, this, does this all making sense? Right, right. But you've been given a ministry gift and the faith by which to operate it. Amen. That's good. Amen. Of all of the anointings, this specific anointing is the only one you can actually cultivate and grow. Mm-hmm. Remember the stories that Jesus told? 
Same story, two places, once in Matthew, once in Luke. I think once in Matthew chapter 25 and again in Luke like chapter 19, if I'm not remembering wrong. Right? In, in Matthew's account, it's called the parable of the talents. In Luke's account, it's called the parable of the minas. Y'all remember the basic gist of the story? But there was a master who had servants and had a great territory. And the master was going on a far journey and didn't know when he would return. So what did the master do? He gave them talents, gifts, a deposit. Each one, how? According to his ability. According to their ability. That's good. Right? And then he told them to do what with it? He said, now go do business with it. Go and multiply it. So again, this parable is not really a money parable. Mm -hmm. Who's the master? Jesus. Is he still on his journey? Yes. yes. Doesn't know when he'll return. Mm -hmm. But to each of his servants, he gave what? Talents. A talent, an ability, a gift, something. According to what? Yeah. Right? Now, how many of you, just be honest with me, you know what your talent is. Mm -hmm. It just scares the bejesus out of it. Yes. Right? Or we compare it to somebody else's talent. That's exactly. My, I don't measure up. I don't measure up. That's right. But remember, wow. and that's the great thing that this is according to what he knew they could do. Right? So, A, whatever he's asked you to do, it's your ability to do it. You can do it, even if it scares you. Right, even if it makes you nervous, you all see me do my thing, right? Even if it makes you, even if it makes you bumhole pucker just a little bit, right? Yeah. Right. You start grabbing that seat just a little bit tighter. Right? Amen. But you have the ability to do it. But listen to me. You can take your measure of faith. You can take the gifting you have been given, and you can grow your measure of faith. Your measure, he gave you the initial measure to kickstart what he's done for you with, but you can increase it because faith can grow. Yep. Just like we were watching him grow. That's exactly right. And watching her grow as she plays with it. As you play with it, as you just endeavor. Again, we're making reference to those who are listening on the audio, making reference to the music team as they get up here and they play and they step into stuff and they try new stuff. They're growing you're growing that ability, right? Just for all of us, whatever that is, when you step up and, and, you, and you're willing to step out beyond what you've prepared, step into something you don't know and trust the Holy Spirit to do the general anointing, right? Because there's that general, and you can lay your specific anointing on top of the general anointing and they'll power each other, right? Does that make sense? Now, Cedric, did you want to say something? Yeah, Jesus... Jesus told Peter, build your faith. He, he was like, you got, you got faith. That's right. You, not big faith, look, but you've got faith. You've got faith. Why don't you doubt? That's right. Can you imagine what could have happened if you just made it to me? That's right. Well, and remember, well, he just got distracted. Please hear me. It's easy. I love the Peter walking on water story because we forget that Peter walked on water twice. In a storm. In a storm. He walked once out. Yeah. But he walked back. But he walked back with Jesus. Yeah. 
He only sunk once. <laughs> right? He walked twice and sunk once. I think that's pretty good. pretty good return on your investment. <laughs> to walk on water twice and only sink once? Dang. I know some people still sitting in the boat. Right? Because I would rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat sitter. <laughs> Does that make sense? I would much, much rather be that. But guys, listen to me. But that anointing that is yours, that specific anointing, you can cultivate it. You cultivate it through use. You cultivate it by using it where you are right now in whatever way you can right now. You're doing business with it. And as you do business with it, your opportunities grow. Does that make sense? Yes. Right? You know, again, and I'll land the plane on this one. Got about another 10 minutes and then we'll go. So, I'll just tell you my story. Can I tell you some lies? Because I can't talk about you. Right? So, we started in ministry. Actually, I started, as I said, just over the hill. I was 16 years old. Just over here at Restoration Christian Fellowship. It's what's called Life and Praise Assembly of God then. Preached my first message right there. It's the first time that I saw it. And, and the Lord healed somebody. I don't know if you remember that youth service. The lady with her arm that was all, all bummed up. Do you remember that, Delane? She went up with the older lady and God healed her arm that day. Pretty cool, right? I wish I could say I was smart and knew what in the world I was doing. Amen. But aren't you glad you don't have to be smart and know what you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> you just got to take the opportunity that's presented. That's right. Right? So we did it. So we went on from there and traveled, did other stuff, went to the Cathedral of the Cross. And the Lord just led uh, in so many different ways um, that's there. Um, okay, I'll tell that part. Does that make sense? I just want this to be long and drawn out, but I need to stop. So. Went on, and as a teenager, I think, no Cathedral of the Cross, Pastor Mark Carell was the pastor there uh, when, when I was there, and that's where I told you I went down to an altar. It was the left of center, right there, right-hand side of the altar. That's where uh, it stopped being fire insurance, and it became following. Yeah. Remember, you got to move from fire insurance to following. Mm-hmm. So many Christians, all they have is fire insurance. They just don't want to go to hell, but they're not followers yet. Yes. Yeah. But you got to move from fire insurance to following. And so I moved from fire insurance to following that day and, and got up and all my desires changed. The desires of my heart. He did a, a heart transplant in me. Mm-hmm. Right? And I started just hanging out more and more at the church. Well, I hung out so much and Pastor Mark Carell and them saw giftings in me that they literally started. Y'all heard of Master's Commission? It was an Assemblies of God um, internship program. Uh, that was there where they, you would go to Bible school, but you became basically uh, an indentured servant of the church in a good sense. I say that tongue-in-cheek, right? It was good. But it was called Master's Commission. came out of Phoenix, Arizona, and the big AG church that was there. Well, because I was there and another young man by the name of Danny Rivers, we were there. They started the program for us because they saw potential in us, right? And I was all gung-ho. I was ready. I'd, by that time, I'd quit going to university. I was still doing my business. I was going to go, and I was going to do master's commission, right? I was all in until the day, the day you're supposed to pay the money. And I'm there the day, right, that mom's going to write the check, and I'm about to move into the church facility. Now, remember, they're building this program around me and Danny, Mm. two of us, right? And we're there, and the day I just... 
It was like taking a bath with my socks on. Mm. It just didn't feel right. Man, it just, I, I, I know it just, I couldn't. I sat there and I sat there and the more I sat there and we're ready and the little hour or two that they're doing orientation is coming to a close and it's getting and it's growing and on the inside it's just like I can't do this and I leaned over to mom I said you are going to be so mad at me and I'm thinking all these people are going to be so mad at me I said I can't do this and she says well you better not Hey, now listen, praise God for a parent who wasn't the Holy Spirit. Amen. Who was willing to let me make a mistake. Now I'll tell you, the other backstory about this is, is I guess I made my mama nervous a lot when I was younger. So she went to prayer real hard for me when I was young. And, and God says, now listen, to calm you down, I'm going to tell you Brad's story. But you can't tell him. He's got to hear it from me. And so God, in one afternoon, told my mom where I would go and what I would do and what would happen. And said, now you can't, now you'll know, just pray. And Master's Commission was in there. God told mom, he'll go to Ramah, and at Ramah, he'll meet his wife. And from there, I'll take him around the world. Right? And I don't know how far down the road she saw. I don't know if she saw I'd come back almost to the place. Right, but it was there, so I'm there at Master's Commission. Mom, the whole time knew I wasn't supposed to be there. <laughs> right, Mom, the whole time had already heard from God, and she's over there probably going, "God, this doesn't look like Rama. I don't know. I don't know how you're going to get him to Rama, but this ain't you said Rama, and this ain't Rama, right? And stuff. And I got up, and I made a whole bunch of people mad, and and lost a whole lot of Christian fellowship. Right. But not mama. God talks to mama. My God talks to mama, Miss Eloise. Absolutely. But, uh, but, I, but I got up that day and I said, okay, God, and I left. I didn't know. And then God brought to my remembrance. I'm, I can tell you, I'm walking back through. We came out of this little room. We walked around and I'm going to the right and towards the big main, big archways. And I'm in the hallway there. And God brought to my remembrance. He says, you remember Rama? And I said, yeah, I remember that. He goes, why don't you look at that? That's all I said. Why don't you look at that? I said, okay, I'll look at that. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. And so God will lead you. He'll, show, he'll guide you. He'll show you all things, things to come. Yes. He'll guide you into truth. And he'll talk to you in a way. And he won't let you sit there and do something. I would have to have this. Again, we're so, this is all right. Yes. Gonna, we're so afraid of missing God. Mm-hmm. Right? But remember, it's like, y'all know I like to do archery. So if I had my bow and my arrow here and I had a target right over there, right, and I was shooting, missing the mark isn't I didn't hit bullseye. Missing the mark is doing this. <coughs> I would have to turn from what I knew the target was and shoot in a totally different direction to miss God. Don't be afraid of not hitting bullseye. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. And I like what Selena says about that. God's target is so stinking big <laughs> that is long. And, I, and, and I, every time I watch with the kids, I watch the little Robin Hood, the Disney movie. Y'all remember the little Disney movie? I always think of it's more like the archery scene in the Robin Hood Disney movie where the vulture is in the target. 
and the sheriff of Nottingham shoots and the vulture jumps, if God has to move the target <laughs> just so you can hit the target, <laughs> he'll move the target as long as you're shooting in the same direction he wants you to go. As long as you got God, I'm trying. I am trying. I, I want to obey. My heart is to obey. My desire is to obey. I want to do what you want me to do. I'm shooting that way. He'll move it. He'll move it around. And you picked up the bow and started aiming first. That's ex- people don't even pick up the, the bow. bow. That's exactly <laughs> true. It's another great analogy. Does that make sense? Does this help? Right? So anyway, so we go off to Rhema. Right? We go off to Rhema just as happy you didn't know. But I met her. She's like person number three I met at Rhema. Right? Meet my wife. We go and we start learning. Does this make sense? You know, then at Rhema, they tell you things like volunteer, 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 volunteer. Right? They need free labor. Volunteer. Right? So I, I start trying to volunteer. Nobody will accept me. <laughs> Weirdest thing. I remember walking around going, how come... Y'all say volunteer, and I apply to like every other department I can think of, and nobody's calling. Right? Except two places called the Royal Rangers or the Rama Rangers, which was the Royal Rangers version, right? Or Rama's version of the Royal Rangers. So I, I go to the Rangers and meet some really, really neat men that shaped my life. And the video department. Only two people who call. So listen, when you're trying and only two people call, just say yes. <laughs> Neither one of those was my first choice. What was my first choice? I don't even know if I remember what my first choice was. Probably the ushers, because that was super schmick and cool. You got to wear little suits and <laughs> earpieces in and look like you're like the Secret Service or something. But I don't, I re- honestly, I don't remember, but I tried. I, I put it. Does that make sense? But listen to me. But God, these people called. I just said yes. When you're moving in that direction and someone opens the door, just go through it. Amen. Right? Brother Hagin used to say this all the time. He used to say, develop the habit of saying yes because nothing happens to people who say no. Mm. Nothing. Right? So we move on to fast forward and stuff. So I start doing the video department thing. Right? I'm standing there one Sunday and the, and the department head prays. And he says, hey, let's just pray together. I need to hire somebody. And I need to fill a spot. So I want to pick the right person. So y'all are all the volunteers. Let's just pray as a team. We close our eyes. When I bow my head, God says, go apply for the job. It's yours. Just inside here. He says, that's your job. Go apply for it. I went and applied for it. Turned out to be my job. I was now low man on the totem pole in a key department. I was just happy to be there. Didn't have an idea, one, what I was doing. Right, But all of a sudden... It comes up, we get married, and Brother Hagen has a vision at Winter Bible Seminar, and he sees a vision, and he sees the light of the Spirit of God flow from the center of the nation and go out in a starburst and touch cities all around the country, right? It was such a powerful time. You remember that? The Winter Bible, it was such a, hey man, just your heart's on this, side. God, I don't want to miss out. That's all I said. I can't say I heard anything back. It's just my cry. God, I don't want to miss out. Next thing you know, they come up to you, and I bump a guy who had seniority over me. You remember that? Made another guy mad. Don't be afraid about the people who are going to make mad. You're going to make some folks mad following God. 
Just don't even, don't even be afraid of it. You're going to make some folks upset, right? Uh, but anyway, so it was there, and they came, and they said, Brad, you're going to travel on the road. You're going to go and, and be on the road with the team and video all that's going to happen. I go and travel and see stuff and be a part of stuff and do stuff. and Right? Literally, we saw angels, and we saw God do things, and just enjoyed the ride. Right? And we go and we go to Mexico. Right? We're there and I'm praying. So God said, why am I here? You know, why? I mean, it's cool. We got to see all the fun stuff. But we're there and, and I'll never forget it's in April of 1999. I'm sitting in the video booth at the back of the Rooka Memorial Auditorium and I'm directing cameras for announcements and Miss Lynette Hagen gets up. Guys, I, I know this sounds like telling stories, but you got your own. You need to remember them. You need, to, you need to know them well enough to tell them. And you need to remember them because they're, they're your trail. They're the Ebenezers. They're your stones. That when life gets shaky and when it gets fuzzy and when it gets unclear, you need to go back to the Ebenezers and remember and touch them. Touch them in your mind. Say, God, you brought me to a spot. Let me experience some stuff. And it wasn't just for then. It's for always. Right? But I'm there in the back of the Rooker Memorial Auditorium. Right? And I'm sitting there, Miss Lynette Hagen talks about Rama School of World Missions will launch that following September. That's April. Right, the next, in, in September of 99, they would start a missions program. And just again, inside, and I'm trying to talk to you, you'll know, he'll talk to you. On the inside, never know this was audible, right? On the inside, God said, that's why you stayed. You'll need to go. That's why you're here. You're here for that program. You'll need to go. So I went home and I told Selena we were married and we were off the road by that time. You remember how cool God is. They shut down doing the Holy Ghost stuff. And I just think they did that for me because I'd have been on the road. Mm -hmm. Right? So they shut down and I no longer did that. And we're going on. And I said, well, I think God wants us to go. They announced the School of World Missions and feel like I need to go. And she goes, well, we'll go together. Right? Now it was different. Rama was one thing. They'd let you kind of work and go to Rama, but for school of missions, they made you have all your tuition up front. Right? So that would have been April. It started in September, and they wanted $5,500. We were, they didn't pay you very well in the ministry. <laughs> we was, we, I, I say we, we were Po, we wouldn't Po. We just didn't have the R, right? So we were P O O. We weren't P O. We were just P O O. We were Po. Right? And so, and so, so we were there. And so we had to go to God and say, God, I, we're, we're ready to do it. And man, by the time we came, last day of, you remember, walked in with $5,500. It came from all kinds of places. It never came from the work of my hands. It came from people who heard and we were able to put it down and God started. Does this help? Yes. You got your own story. You need to remember it. Yes. You need to write it down. You need to record it. I'm trying to teach you if you'll pay attention to the stories, you'll pick up stuff, right? I'll try to highlight what I think. So we're there. We go. We go to School of World Missions. We travel. We go to Thailand, right? See God move and do things in Thailand. all kinds of fun stories that I don't have time this morning to talk about. But we meet people all along the way. The things that I'm trying to tell you is along the way you'll meet people. God will bring you people and they will be your John. And they will open doors for you and give you access to places you couldn't have gotten to on your own. Pay attention to your Johns. 
What I mean by that, if you read John's gospel later when Jesus is being crucified, it was John who got the door opened for Peter. Now, Peter bungled up his opportunity by (laughs) denying him three times. But John opened the door. So you'll have your Johns that God will send, and the Johns will open the door for you. Pay attention to the Johns. And walk through the door and just do a better job than Peter did, right? But anyway, so we go. We go to Thailand. We come back, and Pastor Hagen and Ms. Lent call us and say, Well, Brad, you are finished the mission school. What are you going to do? Right? What are you going to do? What are you, you going to do with this? I said, Well, I don't know. We don't know yet. We just know we're going to go back to Alabama and set up our missions office and See where God takes us. He says, well, I'd like you to travel to Mexico and have you consider working with Tim and Rhonda Rogers at the Rama down there. Well, now, here's the thing. Since we were married, we had always had a desire to work with Selena's family. Ever since we were, ever since we were married and I met them and we knew and we had privately prayed, just her and I as a couple, saying, Lord, if ever you could, we'd love to help our folks do something. We'd love to serve them in the ministry and be with them. So this is the same time. Right, The same thing, it's uh, about April, May of the year 2000, about a year later. We're going there. Selena's family, in long story, had come up and taken a sabbatical at Rhema that year. So they were there with us. So on a Saturday, Selena's dad, our father, my father-in-law, came up and said, Son, I'd like you guys to consider coming down and be associate pastors at the church in Guatemala. Right? And come and serve with us down there and help us in the church. And I'm like, oh, man, this is awesome. We've been praying for this. That's Saturday, right? We went to breakfast. Sunday, right? Sunday I go to church. I get called into the pastor's office after church. And he says, I'd like you to go down to Mexico. <laughs> Help Tim and Rhonda Rogers. Right? And, and do that. So now here's something. Here's a, something Brother Hagin used to tell us all the time as young preachers. He used to say, hey, listen, if you're called to preach... And somebody asks you to go preach and you look at your calendar and you ain't got nothing going on, what do you do? You say yes and you go preach. But if two people call you for the same day, you might want to stop and pray. See which one God wants you to go to. And now all of a sudden we got two people asking us to do something with them in ministry. And I'm sitting there going, oh my goodness, now i got to pray. Right? So we went, so we went down to Mexico and prayed. and Went down to Mexico and didn't like it. Right? Remember, went down there from a soul realm? Man, just didn't, just, I was like, didn't jive. And I got real excited. Awesome. That means, that means we're going to go to Guatemala. Right? Except that was just my soul because inside there was peace. Now, praise God, we were taught something at Rhema. And they said, when you're facing decisions, don't ever make decisions in the moment. Take time to step away and make the decision. Remember, God's not in a hurry. He's eternal. God's never in a hurry. So anyway, so we go down. This all right? Everybody okay? And this will be the last one. We'll have to end the story here. But um, so we're there, and we're going down. And so we go, we go down to um, to Mexico, and we're doing it. And we're week, and we're down there, and we come back. Both on the way home, we remember, we're like, oh, praise God, we get to go to Guatemala. Because, man, I didn't like that. <laughs> Until we start praying. The more we prayed, and we're genuinely honest, the more peace settled, but not peace of my soul, peace of my heart. Still didn't like it. There's a difference between the two. Remember, I'm talking about peace in your heart, where you just know that you know 
that you know this is what I'm supposed to do. Made my soul nervous, but my, my heart was settled. Remember? And I got good wise counsel. I remember, and I've always, y'all know me, I've always had a problem with swearing. But I remember walking away going, well, dang it. Except I didn't use that nice word. I used the other. I said, well, dang it. Looks like we've got to go to Mexico. Made my parents mad. Yeah, made our parents mad. They didn't talk to us for six months. Because <laughs> we heard. Remember, I'm just trying to tell you, follow and don't worry about who you make mad. Right? Follow peace and the umpire of your heart and your soul. Right? You know things. But listen to me. But through that, right, say yes to the opportunity. So we're there, we're going down, and we're traveling on a plane headed to Mexico. And y'all have heard me tell this story before. And I remember telling Selena, I said, you know, I'm excited to teach, but I just don't want to teach the history of the Bible or the history of the church. Just don't want to do that. Those were boring classes for me in Bible school. Just don't want to do it. We're flying down there, got our three suitcases under the plane. We land, they pick us up, and the directors are there. They hand us a big stack of tapes, and they go, well, Selena, we land on a Friday. School starts Monday. So we land on a Friday, and... And Tim hands Selena, he says, Selena, starting Monday, you're going to teach this class. And she turns the spine over and it says the ABCs of healing. I will help. You're like she does. And if you don't know it, she has a gift of healing on her. So if you ever need prayer for healing, don't come talk to me. Come talk to her first. I'll pray with you, but she'll do, she'll do a better job by the grace that's on the inside of her than I will. Right? And she turned over and, and looked and I'm like, man, I'm awesome. And I'm going to get excited. And Tim says, Brad, starting Monday. This will be your class. And I turn it over. It's the history of the church. <laughs> and, I, and inside again, dang it! <laughs> Listen, just say yes. When you walk through, they'll be giving you opportunities. Just, just say yes. But as we started, we started growing. We started growing and we just said yes to stuff. And we just took stuff and, and, it, and it, sometimes it rubbed our cats backwards. I mean, real bad. Where I had to, I had to cry and struggle and say, God, why? Right? But I knew where I was supposed to be. And I knew, and I'm, I'm still on the same subject, whether you believe it or not. Right? But I just knew, okay, God, we're supposed to be here. We're supposed to be here. We're supposed to be here. And there's times we had to push past our soul, my mind, my will, my emotions, my interests, my passions. I had to, had to rein in my feelings and go with the umpire of my heart and trust when he would say swing. And i say, okay, God, swing. And sometimes you'd hit home runs and sometimes you'd hit little dribbles and barely make it to first base. Right? But you swung and you swung and you tried and you grew. Right? And opportunities came and we grew and people came. We got to love people and we grew and, and to apply the things that were there. And, and, and we opened up and expanded our heart to new opportunities and to new people and to new chances. Right? And we just kept saying yes and kept saying yes and, and, and walked through the people we made mad and walked through the people we didn't mean to hurt along the way that we said yes to. Does this, does this help at all? I hope it does. I thought somebody needs to hear the story. Right? But in that, guys, in that kind of stuff, and I guess I, I, to land the plane, I'm saying that because growing your, your specific gift is sometimes messy. 
right? Sometimes it, it's sometimes I didn't execute well and I could have handled it better. Right? Right? Sometimes I let my own self get in the way and, and then sometimes there were just other people there and but you just kept trying. But over the years, and if I say years, years. And over the years we saw God grow us and grow the gifting and grow the anointing and grow the ability and increase it. Right? And it all came on by just never stopping to say yes. Say yes as often as you can. Say yes at every opportunity that you can. Be real sparing with your nose. Right? Sometimes you'll have to say no. And the longer you walk down the road, you'll have more opportunity to say no. But really do endeavor to say no as little as possible. Say yes often as you can. Right? Right? Say yes to the opportunity. Say yes to the people that are connected to it. Grow it. Develop it. See it. And it, and it increases on the inside of you. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I say that till now, these years later, right? That would have been the year 2000. This is 2021. 21 years later. Right? I can do things now I couldn't have done 21 years ago. Every yes built upon it. Every opportunity, whether I executed well or I didn't, built upon it. It grew. Right? Every time I, I, I managed and, and struggled through a bad relational situation, it grew. Every time I remembered why that it was connected to the hearts of people, it would grow. Does that, does that make sense? So you can grow the anointing on the inside of you. You have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. You know what to do and you know what's ahead. You know what's coming. He will lead you. He will guide you into the future and into all truth. Say yes as he does. Don't worry about who you upset. Just when you know you need to say yes, say yes at all cost. Huh? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. You know, there'll be, you know, yes, work, work through. There'll be people, there'll be some people you can say um, certain things to and they'll go away. <laughs> There's relationships, right? Again, um, just because Kurt made a comment and just to answer the comment is there. You know, um, I learned with Selena and I, um, I learned to say yes to what she says in her heart as often as I can. It's probably the best marriage advice my mother gave me the day before we got married. And she pulled me aside. She said, son, she said, say yes to her as often as you can. Because there'll be times you'll have to stand up as the leader of your home and say no. Don't let your no be very common. Let your no be set and know why you're saying no. And be firm in your no and be unmovable in your no. Right? But as often as you can, say yes. Right? Say yes. Right? If, you, if it gets you to the same destination, I've learned that to, and I've trusted her heart. You, you know what I'm saying with those. And we're not going to have a talk on the way home. We drove, we drove two cars anyway. But anyway, but it, but it's there. But but it's there. She, you know, I know her heart, and I can look at many times, and, and that I would do quite a number of stuff differently. But I trust her, and I can look ahead. And I can say it'll get us there. We'll land at the same spot. So my way doesn't have to be the only way. Right? Lead people that way. Is the, the people God give you, trust them, and look up, and go. Yeah, that'll get us there. As the leader, that'll get us there. I can see us arriving at that destination. 
right? Then I can say yes to some people. And I, and I take that with her and I do that with you guys. And I do that with others, right? Because I know there'll be times I'll have to stand up and say, yeah, no, we can't do that. We've got to do it this way. Right? We've got, we've got to walk this way in this moment. Does that make sense? Yes. Amen. Well, Lord, I've gammered on so much. Thank you for these gracious people. Lord, I felt like there was a lot um, in the stories. Lord, help them hear and see um, what they need to hear from you in that. Um, Lord, help them to say yes. Lord, I pray for clarity over their mind and their heart. Lord, thank you that they know what they are to do. They know which way to go. You are speaking to them. Lord, I pray for them what I pray for myself. Father, Lord, if they need it, turn up the volume. Lord, juice it up. Cut through the clutter and the distraction and the noise of the day. Cut through the bad reception that sometimes is my own hearing. And Lord God, I know you, you can clearly in a clarion call make your will known. And I'm so grateful, Lord God, that I've never seen in my life you've ever let me make a misstep. You have literally always frozen me dead still when I was about to make a, a major error. Um, and I'm so grateful for that. And I know that you'll do that for our church family as well. But Lord, I just pray for sensitivity for them. Lord God, that their, their attuning of their ear to you will get sharper. Hmm. Lord, if there's things they need to turn off for a season because they're in a valley of decision. Maybe there's certain um, uh, outside uh, things that are not evil, they're not wicked, I'm not, I'm not seeing that. But Lord, they're just distractions. They're just distractions. They're like little yappy dogs. They just need to put a muzzle on the little yappy dog for a second. And, uh, and be able to hear you in the peace. Help them to know how to break away. How to say, uh, how to say yes to times away on the calendar. To just be still. To leave devices at home. And to just uh, take an intentional time to hear your voice. And Lord, in Jesus' name, we just thank you for it.